So this morning, um, I know I'm not past, uh, preaching the same series that Pastor Jamie was on, but I have another passage that has really been deeply uh, in my heart in the, uh, the last few years for a number of reasons. Now, God's word is true all the time, not just in the last couple of years, but sometimes there's certain passages that deeply impact you in fresh ways. And this passage I'd like to invite us to look at today is really something that I think many of you will relate to deeply. I do as well. It's in the book of uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 is where we're going to start. And before I do, I want to just give a little context to what's going on here. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 is, is, is written from the Apostle Paul, and he is giving us um, some insights and wisdom for his life in the setting in which he's facing himself. I'm not going to take time now to go through the first three chapters of 2 Corinthians, but he goes through that and he states to the Corinthian people what he has been going through and what other apostles go through. Now, you and I are not apostles, so we can say time out right now. I'm not saying I'm an apostle, and I'm not saying any of you are apostles, but he's giving a history of what the apostles went through and the kind of difficulties, the challenges, the physical dilemmas they had faced and what they had just come through. And he has some principles of how to live life. He's telling the Corinthians um, as they deal with similar things that what he and the other apostles had dealt with. And so if you read the context of the first three chapters of Corinthians, Second Corinthians, you'll see what we're getting at here. But now I'd like to read from God's word and let God's word speak to us because these principles and truths that are true in his day are also very, very true and important for us to grasp today as well. So I'm going to start in 2 Corinthians 4, verses 16 to 18, and I'll have a few chances to have comments because I think we're going to relate to this very deeply. 2 Corinthians 4, 16. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. You may have King James or another version you're reading, but it'll be on the screen behind me here. Notice what he says here. He goes, so we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient but the things that are unseen are eternal. Now, I want to just, if I can, spend a few minutes in those three verses right there because... I don't know about you, but I believe that our outer bodies, many of your outer bodies, no offense everybody, are wasting away. And I hit the ripe old age of 67 last year, this year. And this body is wasting away. I know it doesn't look that way, but I tell you, it feels that way. My feet don't work very well. A friend of mine who's a counselor said, Doug, when you hit 60 years old, your feet become wonky. And I tried to play basketball with my grandson, and I trip on my own feet. 
I used to play basketball as an athlete, as a, as a student, as a college student. I played baseball. I can hardly get around the court anymore. I do ride bikes with Ann, and I ride bikes on my own. I walk sometimes, and I'm okay walking and riding bikes, but I can hardly, my vertical jump is now, friends, one inch. <laughs> you basketball players, one inch isn't great vertical jump, but that's, that's the best I can do right now. I try to shoot baskets like I used to do. I had a stroke eight years ago, and there's still some leftover stuff. Man, my form is great, you guys. Man, but the ball's always short. I can be 10 feet away. I'm still hitting short. I go 15 foot short, and I, it just doesn't work like it used to. I play base. I was a baseball catcher in high school. I used to play with a lot of pretty good athletes. I try to play catch with my grandkids. My arm does not let the ball go beyond 50 feet as opposed to 70 feet or 65 feet. It's like, what's going on? You know what? I find out my body is wasting away. I've had two little strokes. The doctor says my brain is still in great shape. Arteries are fine. We'll see about that. But you know what? There's no promises, right? We can all say we're healthy. I go to the gym. I exercise. But I feel like my body is failing me. And my mind tells me what I used to be able to do athletically, running-wise, throwing-wise, playing games-wise. Friends, a little secret. I'm getting old, and this body's getting old. And I feel it in ways I'm not proud of, but you know what? We're among friends. I'm going to just tell you the truth. Our bodies waste away. And look what it says in the scripture here. Paul is saying, because he's been through a lot of bodily harm over the last two or three chapters in 2 Corinthians. He gives stories of shipwreck and beatings and hungry and all these things that he went through. And his body was weathered. It was withering. It was dying out on him in one sense. He had bruises. He had pain. He had struggles. He had affliction. And we do too. Our bodies, no matter how well we try to treat them, sooner or later wear out. Our bodies, whether it's from the outside of what's going on with our muscles and our mass and our structures of our bodies, or sometimes inside with diseases and stuff that affects us from the inside. When I had a stroke that hit my brain, man, I didn't see it coming. And all of a sudden, something happened different in my life. My arms don't work quite like they used to. My legs don't work quite like they used to. Although I may look and feel okay and people don't know it until they see me in action. They go, you okay? Is there something wrong going on with you? And the answer is, I like to shake my head no. And the answer is, yes. Something is going wrong. Something is not quite like it was in my athletic prime. So look what Paul is saying here. He says, so... We do not lose heart. What a great line. That's a, I'm going to call that the message of our sermon today, our title. Do not lose heart. We do not lose heart. He's making a conclusion here. So we do not lose heart. Why? Though, he says, our outer self, our outer body is wasting away our inner self, the heart and soul of our being 
is being renewed day by day. Wow. For Paul, that isn't something that only happens to apostles. It happens to believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to hear more about that, that our soul, our heart, the inner person, the inner man, the inner woman that's in us is renewed or can be renewed day by day. Physical body can fall apart, yes, but the inner person comes alive, has life and vitality and vigor and something of energy is still going on. For, the next verse, verse 17, for this light momentary affliction, oh man, I'm feeling this back for the last few years. My feet have been wonky for five years. My other stuff going on, I'm not even going to go through the details. It's been for, for years, it feels like, and for certainly for months. But look what it says here. This light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Now, it doesn't just happen when we suffer or have affliction. But there's a little condition here of how we become renewed while our bodies are falling apart. He says, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. Oh, why? Stop right there. When I look in the mirror or I look on the basketball floor and I try to play with peers or younger or even sometimes older and they outdo me, I feel like I'm looking at my falling apart. I am because they're, they're much stronger and more athletic and vigorous than I am right now. But you know what it says here that we can look at things that are seen. But the key here is, are we looking at things that are unseen? Do we see things from a different perspective? Are we seeing things that God is doing in us or through us or around us? that aren't necessarily physical things. Yes, some of us want to be healed. I wanted to be strengthened after my strokes. I've had two strokes. I wanted to be helped, and, and I, I have had rehabilitation through those strokes. And as Keisha said, and statistically, I've had pretty good strokes. If I can be honest with you, some people have had sad news and difficult things and things that have really gone really permanently wrong with strokes and I feel compassion for them by God's grace and this season of my life these two strokes were physical impairments to my body in different ways but the Lord is still working in my heart he's given me life he has there's hope there's a vision there's a future there's energy that he provides we're going to talk about that in just a minute so friends light momentary affliction is something any of us are facing or will face or could face. Light, momentary affliction. But an eternal weight of glory is going to show up if, and know that here's the condition again, if we look to the things that are unseen, not just the physical, physical realities that we're longing for in our life. And the last verse of this chapter, in verse 18, says, For the things that are seen are transient but the things that are unseen are eternal 
Oh, let's stop and let that verse soak into us a little bit here. The things that we see, the physical things we see are transient. Everything in this world that we see is under decay. It's the second law of thermodynamics. All of physical life is slowly, sometimes more quickly than others, being physically destroyed or wearing out. Things wear down. Things wear out. Our bodies do. Um, Physical life does. Things in our culture does. I mean, things in our world. They wear out. They rust. They destroy. They they are corrupted. And our bodies are as well. And if we live for the body, if we live for those things that we can measure and even see in medical hospitals and want their help. There's amazing doctors out there. Amazing help. Yes. Amazing rehabilitations available. Yes. Let's do it. But still, there's decay coming. Still, our bodies are going to wear out eventually. And notice what it says here. These things that we see are transient. Here today, gone tomorrow. It's all wearing down. It's all wearing out sooner or later. Even our healings wear out. Not trying to be negative. Trying to be honest from God's word. The issue here is that things that are unseen are eternal. There's things that are going on that are eternal and never wear out. Never ending. Will never be gone. And that's something we want to keep our eyes on right now. So let's go to the second part of our look here. This is now the next few verses in 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 10. Let me read a few verses of that. And he's continuing this thought now. 2 Corinthians 5, chapter 1. For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God. A house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. That one verse, let me just take a couple minutes with you here. For we know that the tent, this body, your body, is like a tent. It's an earthly home and it's going to be destroyed. It's in the process of it. I think I hear, if I understand it, right when you hit about 20, 21 years old, your body starts slowing down and we can take care of it, yes. But... We have this growth and energy that's happening until about age 20 or so, 21, and then stuff starts to be on a downward slope. Now, different speed for different ones of us, okay? Now, this is a normal life, statistically speaking. It's a matter of what goes on with us here. And so if you're older like I am, man, there's a lot of years where those were the good old days physically. I'm still working on stuff, but there's some... There's some things that I, man, it's like, wow, it just doesn't quite feel and work like it used to. When I was young and energetic and conquering the world, no, there's things today that I'm going like, man, I need some sleep or need to rest somehow. And I don't rest well. And do you get older and you don't rest well yourself? I'm going to get six or eight hours. I get six hours. Now, I can get longer sometimes, and I have friends who are coaching me to try to rest better, go to bed earlier, rest longer. Oh, man. I'm still waking up after five hours. Three o'clock, it's like, uh, what happened? 
try to go to sleep again, another, maybe another hour or two. And it's like, day's here again. Now, I don't know about you, but look at what the scripture says here. This tent that is our earthly home is destroyed. If the tent is destroyed, we have a building from God. A house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Oh my goodness, underline that verse. That when our bodies become tired, old, decaying, we can strengthen them, find ways to vital. There's so many commercials out there, stuff you can buy to have your body be juiced up or strengthened or made vital again. How much money do we spend on that stuff? I don't know, but all of a sudden, here we are again. Same old body, same old decay, slowly being destroyed. But look what it says here. If we have this relationship with Jesus Christ, a God who loves us and redeems us from the inside and renews our hearts. Look what it promises here. We have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Eternal in the heavens. This, friends, is something we need to keep thinking about. Not to live only for heavenly good where no earthly good. I'm not saying we should ignore our world, no. But I'm saying we need to have a, a mindset and awareness that if we follow the Lord Jesus Christ, we walk close to him, he's redeemed us, he's given us a new heart, he's given us a future, he's given us eternity. Eternity isn't just long years. It's a type of life. You don't face eternity. You don't get eternity when the moment you die and now you have eternity. No, you have a eternity when you have a starting relationship with Almighty God. Eternal life has started in me already. How about you? Eternal life from the inside that God has already given you, given me. So it's not something we're waiting for to someday get that stuff. He's already doing it. He's already given us a new heart, a new life, a new future, a new hope, faith, and energy in life. Even though the world's corrupt, even though the world's falling apart, even our bodies fall apart, we have a new heart, a new life that's possible with the Lord Jesus Christ and walking with him. So it's not made with hands. It's made eternal in the heavens. And now uh, this next section, for in this tent we groan. (laughs) In this tent we groan, longing to put on heavenly dwelling. If indeed by putting it on, we may not be found naked. For while we are still in this tent, we groan, being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now, I have never been physically homeless. I have gone to a few homeless encampments. I have talked to any number of homeless people who um, through the years in our own community, um, around the Bay Area, um, I've talked to people that seem to be, and I'm not trying to be judgmental, but they're living homeless lives. When you drive along many of our streets, highways, uh, freeways, you see encampments often right alongside the road. And this is true in most of the cities I've been to around uh, America. And so there's a lot of homelessness going on. My heart is full of compassion and hurt 
for many of those people, I, some choose that and they've told me so and they're fine with it, but others have fallen into that and they're now stuck in homelessness. And so this takes a great heart of compassion and energy and heart for us, for people. But the point here is that some people live in tents or canvases and it's cold, it's damp, it's wet, and they have a life they're trying to live, but they're living like that. And many of them not fault of their own at all. But look what it says here, in this tent we groan, and many people I've talked to do groan in their homelessness, and I feel inadequate to know how to help, to be honest with you. Now, there's others though that have a tent, they're in a tent, but there's a day anticipated when they'll live a different life. There's a little bit of different something coming. And here's what is amazing about this passage here, it says. It says, in this tent, when we live in this tent, we groan. And I don't know about you, do you groan in your spirit with your body? Do you groan with what's going on right now? There's things you know that are happening to you or have happened to you. You're saying like, ah, ah, ah. There's groans. I don't know how else to say it. And it's this whole idea here that, look what he says, for while we are still in this tent, we continue to groan. So we may still groan in that tent. We're burdened. But he says there's a day coming when we will be, when we're going to, when we feel naked, he says, but that we would further close so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now, this is a whole other sermon, but there's a whole issue here for us to be aware of that when we die as a Christian, our spirit goes to be with the Lord, but there's a resurrected body that's going to take place at the time of the resurrection to come. So this is the idea that I believe our spirit is always in connection through our God who loves us. We have a spiritual heart and even though our physical body will someday die and wither, our soul, our spirit continues on in life with God. We'll talk about that in just a minute. And someday we will have resurrected bodies at the time, that time of the full resurrection, which we'll talk about just briefly later. But look what it says here, it goes on, the scripture says, he who has prepared us for this very thing is God. He who has prepared us for this very thing, in other words, living in the tent, living in the season of groaning, living in this life of decay around us, but he's given us the spirit as a guarantee. So here is this concept that God has given us the Holy Spirit to live within our hearts as a guarantee, it's a promise, it's a sign. He signed on the dotted line. It's a guarantee of the house to come. So we have a promise already because we have eternal life already. Are we fully experiencing yet? No. But are we able to, we have hors d'oeuvres. It's like appetizers. It's like the spirit of God has come into our heart. It is renewing our hearts where we can have hope and life and peace and a sense of future, even if our bodies and the world we're in are decaying around us. There's a guarantee that God has given us. God doesn't 
he, he fulfills his promises. He promised us and gave us the Holy Spirit, and it's a guarantee of what's to come. Are we fully experiencing it yet? No. Is it going to come? Yes. And so there's a building of life he is making. He's made for us. He's promised it. So the scripture goes on to say, also in 2 Corinthians 5, so we are always of good courage. Whoa. A promise that Paul, Paul is making a point. So because of all this, he's saying to believers, we are always of good courage. How's your courage? Wow. When I look at things that I see, things that are transient, things of my body or our physical human condition or things around our world, the physical things, even sometimes the decisions and efforts and activities that are done and the projects and propositions and all these things that are going on in our culture there. If we look at those things for hope, we are always going to be eventually disappointed. And if we look at things in our world, trying to hold on to them or in our own life or say, man, if I got my body in this condition, I'll be fine. And then the next thing will come, right? There's, you know, one thing comes to another. It's like everybody, friends, we're friends. If we love the word of God, we're friends here. You know, yes, we should strive to be physically strong. We should strive to be healthy. We should rehab ourselves. We should do all these things we can do to take care of ourselves and to help others around us. Yes, absolutely. But it's all going to be eventually destroyed and lost. And so here's this passage. It says, we're of good courage. We know that while we're home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Say that again. We know that while we're at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Now, do you all know where the faith chapter is that we all look to? The book of Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 has a couple insights for us to remember about what faith is. So faith isn't just having optimism. There's some things that God gives us in faith. I'm going to read again out of the ESV version, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 and 2. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. And look what he goes on to say about faith. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. So that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. God, for God so loved the world, for God created the world. God created this world and he created human life. And it's such an amazing thing to think about that he's the one who has orchestrated what's going on. He's the one who has given us life. And so this idea here is, hope, is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. 
Some of you have prayed for my daughter Heidi because she's had two double lung transplants. She's been at this church a number of times in the past when you prayed for her. And when she had her first transplant, which is 15 years ago, and at the 10-year mark, those lungs started failing. And there had to be a decision made, are you going to have another transplant or not? And Stanford and doctors and kind of our family all encouraged her to go for it. By God's grace, she got another transplant because of the size of her body and all these kind of things. But I want to tell you something. When she was failing with that first transplant and those lungs were failing, I had a crisis of faith. I had a crisis of belief as her dad and even as a pastor and one who prays for people a lot in different times of suffering. And I had a quiet sense of God is this whole story about eternal life true? If she were to die with these failing lungs, this, you know, at the end of this 10-year period of lungs, is she just gone? Or is there really an eternity? Now, you may say, that's strange for you to say that. You've been a pastor for now 42 years. But I had a crisis of faith. I had a crisis of doubt for a little while there And I eventually talked to my family about it six years ago. I said, honestly, I was having a sense of, is this all true? And by the guarantee of the Holy Spirit, God in his amazing way renewed my own inner life with no help from physical people, but God's spirit to give me another fresh assurance a deep conviction that what he's promised is true. And I had to share with my family, I said, to be honest with you, I have, I've had some quiet doubts, just wondering, is this all, what if, what if Heidi's life was lost? Now, I didn't work this up, but God's Holy Spirit took the word of God and gave me a deep conviction and confidence that he was still about being good to Heidi. He will do the right thing, the good thing. And if she were to die, even in her, her physical life, she had an eternity with God forever. Because of his promise, what he had done through Jesus Christ on the cross, forgiving her and all, all the other believers in the world. She's not special. She's just one of millions of people that have had a new heart spiritually because of God's kindness and grace and mercy to us. And I think you people in the room here also have had that, because I know in your hearts you have mercy, hope, and life as well. And here's what I think the truth is here. So Paul is saying here, so, so, that's a conclusion, so we are always of good courage, Paul's saying. We know that while at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we walk by Faith, not by sight. Yes, he says, we are of good courage. Yes. Do you say yes? (laughs) Yes, we are of good courage. And we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether, here's what his conclusion is, whether we are at home in the body or away with the Lord, we make it our aim to please him. No matter what, if if I died... If my, when my, not if, when my physical body dies, 
I'm going to be pleasing the Lord. But until that time, in this body, this broken body, this decaying body, this broken world, this world is deteriorating and being destroyed, I still want to please the Lord. And you do too. We need to please the Lord regardless of what's happening with our body, regarding what's go- regardless of what's going on around us and the, the difficulties, the tragedy, the difficulties, the hardships that are going on in our bodies. We make it our aim to please the Lord. For, here's the conclusion for this section here, verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Now that's an interesting word, judgment seat. It's the, called the Bema seat. It's one that went for people that stood before a judge to get you know, a, a sense of verdict. And he says here that we should all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. And so this is a message for believers. There's a sense of reward, a sense of approval, a sense of future that for believers, there's a sense of victory. There's a sense of it's going to happen. It is happening. And there's a sense of judgment that takes place here. I do want to go to a couple other verses as we close here because I think it ties in together. It's actually earlier in this chapter. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 um, because it's talking about the same big idea here. He's in that section where he's talking about the difficulties that he and other apostles have had. Therefore, he says in 2 Corinthians 4 verses 1 and 2, therefore, having dismissed this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. So even in the difficulty that the apostles were facing and Paul went through and all the hardships, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word. But by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. So as I close, I wanted to just bring this maybe full circle to us here. Our lives are full of hardships, difficulties in the body, things that can be conflicts in our life, things that are hard to to make sense of. And Paul had that as an apostle, but this is not just an apostle's problem. This is a human issue for all of us here. He says... Because of the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. And that's my appeal to all of you today. Do you lose heart? Are you losing heart? Know that the Lord God, in his love, his commitment, his fulfilling his promises, you don't have to lose heart. To be courageous You know, the word courage is to be encouraged. It's how do you have courage to do the right thing, the good thing, the the lasting thing? And we refuse, he says here, to to practice cunning or to to tamper, he says, with God's word. But by the open statement of truth, this book, the truth of this book, the section in 2 Corinthians is true. The Bible is true. The way to do life is true. And the promise here is that we shouldn't be
people that are trying to cut corners or to cut life out or to try to be smart with it. Instead, that we are truthful, we're straightforward, we're open books, our lives are open books. And I hope and pray that all of you here today can do what the apostle has done and urges us to do, to walk with courage, to walk with a sense of fulfilling the promise that God has done for you. The Holy Spirit is a guarantee. He's given us life. And we have an eternity, no matter what kind of physical chaos the world is in or our bodies might even go through. And so let me pray for all of us right now, friends. Um, and before I do, I want to just have everybody who maybe needs to, to just have a quiet moment, 30 seconds of, of your own time with the Lord. Is there something that the Lord wants to do in your heart to give you courage or strength or hope to have faith that you don't have right now? That he wants to give you life and hope and know that this body is not all there is. So let me just take 30 seconds of quiet and then I'll close in prayer.